Welcome back to the Innovator Podcast, the female entrepreneur series that dives into the stories of how women founders tackled hardship and difficulties to ultimately find success. My name is Erica Sullivan, and I am the host of the Innovator Podcast, and today I'm welcoming Zoe. Zoe is the founder and host of the Solace in the City Podcast, a podcast that serves as a young professional's guide to finding comfort in the chaos and feeling less alone. Through bringing on inspirational guests, she hopes to open up the conversation around mental health as an effort to erase its surrounding stigma. Recently, she gained a sponsorship with BetterHelp to provide an efficient way to speak with a licensed counselor. Zoe is 24 years old, living and working in New York City. After feeling unfulfilled at her corporate job, she decided to launch a podcast to open up the conversation around mental health by speaking with inspirational people about their struggles. For anyone interested in astrology, she's a Virgo with an Aries rising and Capricorn moon. Zoe, welcome to the Innovator Podcast. Hi, Zoe. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We are super excited to have you on today to talk about your own podcast, mental health and everything that's going on in the world right now. But how I would love to get us started is for you to start us at the very beginning and talk to us about what your early life was like and how your story has evolved to get you where you are today. Ooh, let's think. Um, Yeah, so I am almost 25. And I'm actually sitting in the house that I grew up in right now. So I feel like it's bringing back memories. But I, I feel like I had a pretty unique um, life, in, especially in the more like formative years around high school. I grew up in Rumps, New Jersey, um, lived here for about 14 years. And then when I was a freshman in high school, my parents moved to Athens, Greece. And uh, my dad's Greek. So uh, we're Greek citizens, and we went to an international school there for a year. And it was right in the um, the Greek financial crisis happened, but it was definitely at the time the best year of my life. And uh, I feel like I had a really brought in perspective on just the world after spending time there, um, as opposed to my small town in New Jersey. And then when I got back, um, because we had to unfortunately move back to the United States, uh, much to my dismay. I went to a boarding school in Delaware where on one hand it was very much of a bubble, but I also met just so many fantastic people there, um, lifelong friends and just a really unique experience. So I think that also shaped me in many ways. Then I went to college in Baltimore at Johns Hopkins, studied applied math and statistics, was very <laughs> like math oriented. And then I moved to New York in a job. I have a you know corporate job in financial consulting, don't love it. And then I started a podcast um, this past October. And that's been really, I don't know, it's put me in the same mindset I had kind of when I came back from Greece and just really passionate about making a change and just learning about people. So um, I'd say that's a little bit of my life in a nutshell. That's kind of crazy. I mean, to go from New Jersey to Athens, Greece to New York City And then to go from applied math and statistics to podcasting, I mean, I think it's so funny. The things that draw us in in terms of our passions are sometimes drastically different than the path that we choose to pursue at the very beginning of our careers. 
100%. <laughs> I was like the 10-year-old that had a, like a 40-year plan. And I mm -hmm. thought I was going to be doing exactly what my dad did, which was get a mechanical engineering degree and then working at Goldman Sachs and then going to business school and then coming back and being a managing director. And then only when I started my podcast did I suddenly find joy in something other than, you know, going out with friends. I was like, wow, this this can be like life can be fun. And like a, a profession doesn't have to be corporate America. And I think that was like just so eye opening for me. Um, not so much my parents, but <laughs> I think they'll come around. So what really inspired your podcast? I mean, that's again, like we just said, it's drastically different. But your podcast, Solace in the City, you know, kind of talks about things related to sometimes the stigma surrounding mental health and stuff like that. So what really inspired your podcast? Yeah, so a number of things I'd say, or at least two main things. Um, for one, when I moved to New York after graduation, I, I was very surprised at how difficult the transition was from college. I had interned there like two summers prior. I I've always, I mean, I'm from New Jersey, so New York is not too much of a stretch to visit. And then I, all of my friends from like growing up and then high school and college were all going to be there. So I kind of pictured this like friends lifestyle, like the the TV show when I got there. And then I was just very lonely and my mental health was in a bad place. And I just thought it was interesting having that much of a, no one really talked about that transition into, um, post-grad. So I, I wanted to shed some light on that. And then mental health topic in itself has a really personal connection to me. Um, I mentioned like I had struggled with anxiety and depression. Um, and I also lost one of my really, really close friends um, to suicide on Christmas of 2017. And that was earth shattering to me um, for a number of reasons. I mean, for one, the obvious, I was just insanely confused and all, all of the, you know, all of the feelings that suicide survivors go through. And also I was just confused as to how I missed all the signs because I was going through depression at the same time as my friend. And yet I had no idea he was struggling. So I knew I wanted to just create something that honored my friend and helped some people just know that they weren't alone in whatever they were feeling. And um, I feel like I have done that. And every time I get someone who reaches out and thanks me, or I mean, I want that to happen more, but it has happened a couple of times. It's like, I, I feel a little less bad, I guess, for my friend passing away. And I feel that I'm honoring him in that way. Mm -hmm. I think people heal in such unique ways. And I think one amazing way to deal with grief is by giving back. And you do that through your podcast in such a beautiful way. Um, so if someone's tuning in for the first time, what can they expect to hear? Yeah, and thank you. It depends, I guess, on the, the person I bring on. I, I try to bring on people who, I mean, really anyone that I think is, is interesting. And I think that at the end of the day, mental health really does affect everyone. I mean, everyone, you know, has a, a brain and sometimes whether it be they know someone who's struggled mental health issues or um, they themselves do. So um, I think a lot of the the episodes that have resonated the most with people have just been talking about times when, for example, I had um, this comedian who's pretty famous in like the New York comedian world. He was a um, working at Barstool Sports 
comes off as this super macho guy and he was my the second person I brought on the podcast and he started talking about how he once had written an article about his suicidal thoughts for Barstool and then um, immediately took it down and and just was really opening up about this topic that is considered taboo in so many ways and I was so surprised for one because I was new at podcasting and I didn't really know how to respond and he was kind of one of my idols so hearing this I'm like oh no I do not know how to respond to this right now but it was that's exactly what I wanted in my episodes was to just have these real conversations and just talk about things that aren't normally talked about and thereby just normalizing that like if depression and anxiety were as easy and common to talk about as like breaking your foot I don't think we'd have the suicide epidemic in this country that we have and then couple that with a global pandemic I mean it's I think people are really experiencing loneliness and anxiety for the first time and I don't think that mental health is going anywhere I think that it just needs to be continued people need to continue talking about it and hopefully listening to my podcast inspires people to do just that Yeah, absolutely. I can only imagine, you know, having the opportunity to speak with one of your idols and hear all of these really true life things. I mean, it just kind of brings to attention that, you know, we're all human, we all have our faults, and we all have the things that, you know, break us down at the end of the day, and it just makes us human. And I completely agree with what you're saying about having these conversations, one, destigmatizes it, And two, you know, if someone listens to your podcast who's struggling, they may say, oh, she's talking about it, so I can talk about it too. But I feel like there are so many stigmas surrounding mental health, and I kind of want to give you the opportunity to debunk a myth here on the podcast today. So what is a commonly heard myth that you want to debunk about mental health? Ooh, there's a bunch, but one that I thought actually that I even recently learned, I was reading Malcolm Gladwell's book, Talking to Strangers. I'm a huge Malcolm Gladwell friend or fan. I wish I was friends with him. Um, (laughs) But he talks about this theory of coupling. And basically what it is, is it's talking about how in order for something to, to happen, you need to have a means and a thought. So he, he gives this example of like when he was younger, he, he was, his dad was reading uh, War and Peace to him and his brother. And at the end of it, he started, or maybe it was Tale of Two Cities or I don't know, some really old book. And at the end of it, the dad starts crying. And he said, my dad's not a big crier. You know, it's, he would never cry at this book. But the reason he did was because it, he was reading a sad book and coupling that with seeing his two young boys sit on a couch. Um, so it was just showing how these two things had to happen at the same time in order for him to cry. And then he parallels that with um, the suicide epidemic and how people who are suicidal, they won't just do it no matter what. If you remove the means, they're they're a hundred like so much less likely to take their lives. And so when you talk about you know gun control and all these other things that are just so problematic for so many reasons in the society and it's it just shows that like i mean guns are f- cause 50% of suicides 50% of gun deaths are suicides um 
So if you remove that means, there's been there's been studies that have shown that if no person could buy a gun, let's say, I mean, obviously there's more to that and um, that's not necessarily the way that it should be solved, but suicides would go down 50%. Um, so I just thought that's kind of an interesting myth because I think a lot of people think that people who are suicidal will find some way to do it no matter what. And that's really not the case. Yeah, I think that's great. And I love Malcolm Gladwell. I've read The Tipping Point and David and Goliath and his words are just so true to like human psychology and how we operate. And I, I love that you brought that in because I think he is such a powerful storyteller almost in the words that he writes and the stories that he tells that are so accurate to how humans operate. It's almost scary. Um, but I think that's a great stigma, um, you know, to debunk. And one, understanding and education is how we get closer to um, helping those in need. And one amazing thing that you do is that your podcast has partnered with BetterHelp, um, a company that provides an efficient way to speak with a licensed counselor. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about their mission. Yeah, I was so excited to secure that partnership. I really, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for therapy, um, but obviously therapy is so expensive, um, especially in you know areas like where I live, New York. Um, a lot of times it's not covered by insurance. And so what's really cool about BetterHelp is that it basically, I think of it as like the Uber of therapy kind of, because um, the people, the, the th they have a bunch of licensed therapists um, who you can be matched with and they're all normal working therapists and they're just joining BetterHelp, um, you know, to earn a little bit extra money. So you could be living in somewhere where you have no access to a really great therapist and then be assigned someone um, who's, you know, has a gazillion different like doctor, uh, LSH or LSW, all these things and just be really um, a really great match for that for you. And you wouldn't have that, you know, same because of the, all the different rules about counseling. Um, it's like by state, it doesn't apply to better help. So that was a really long way of saying they, they match you with someone who um, they match with licensed therapist who you can work with weekly and also schedule at your convenience, um, talk with between sessions, and really just it removes that whole awkwardness about therapy, which I'm kind of used to, but even, you know, when I'm sitting in a waiting room and there's someone who walks in, like, it's still as uncomfortable and no one's going to therapy now anyway because of the pandemic. So I think it's a really, really affordable way to try it out um, and get matched with someone who you work well with because that's one of the most important things. And um, and yeah, and I'm really, I was given a free trial. I encouraged my, my dad to sign up and so far we've all been loving it. I think you said it yourself at the beginning of this episode, but people maybe are experiencing, you know, depression and anxiety or feelings of loneliness for the first time, you know, with COVID-19, if they live by themselves, they're now kind of quarantined by themselves. Um, so if people have been struggling mentally during these crazy times of COVID-19, what is one thing that you think that they can incorporate into their everyday routine? And again, I mean, I'm certain that there's no one size fits all solution, but maybe there's one thing that they can do to help themselves feel a little bit more stable when the world outside seems so unstable. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly how I think of it is like putting some normalcy into the craziest thing that's happened in, I'd say, the mod- modern lifetime. Um, I think it's good to connect with yourself and connect with others. I think that adding some Zoom calls with friends, like weekly or bi weekly, just to talk about life um, and talk about how you're feeling is very important. And also just, you know, writing down your own thoughts. I think that's something that helps me really just stay present and just process things is just writing everything out um, in a little journal in the morning. And I think that's really what helped me stay some, stay in the city for the first three months of the pandemic um, was really that. And I don't know. I just, I, it's just so crazy to me that this is all happening and, I know it It must, for some reason, I feel like maybe it's because I've had anxiety for so long that this wasn't that crazy of a, I have, didn't, this didn't feel super um, life-changing for me to be anxious about the world. But I know that there's so many people that this is for a very good reason. And so I think it's just okay to be like, to check in with yourself and just tell yourself that at the end of the day, there's this is so out of our control. There's nothing that, you know, we can do except just take care of ourselves and take care of those we love and just use this time to to do that. So I guess that would be my piece of advice is just connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's great advice. And it's also important to recognize that no matter how much we want this to change, like you said, it's out of our control. It can't. So we have to find the best way to make this kind of crappy situation better you know there's no there's no way to like eloquently phrase it I mean it really it sucks for a lot of people and you know in terms of like daily routine I know a lot of people who were in a great routine before COVID-19 no longer have a routine and they kind of feel out of whack and off balance um so kind of going off the concept of daily routines I I love daily routines. I think they're so fascinating and you learn a lot about a person. So can you walk us through a normal day in your life if there even is such a thing as a normal day? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm trying to think of what example. I guess I'll give a COVID example. So I I wake up very early. (laughs) I am a very early riser and now it's just kind of ingrained in me, especially in COVID where I feel like I've been going to bed at like 9 p.m. Um, but I wake up at around six ish. Mm-hmm. I will usually do some yoga. I've gotten very into yoga during the pandemic. Um, and then I make coffee and I write down a list of things that I want to get done today, mostly having to do with the podcast and other um, mental health initiatives I'm, that I'm a part of. Uh, then I have I have my job still. I I took today off, which is which was nice, but. I work from 8.30 to roughly 5.30. I'll try to get in like a a run or do something at at around noon that day. Um, And then in the evenings, I've had, uh, whether I have, I'd say, an interview for the podcast or a meeting with some interns who I have currently helping me out, um, there's usually something in the evening that's related to the podcast. And yeah, I'd say that's a pretty typical day. And then I, I've been reading a lot as well during the, the pandemic, which has been nice because I 
love to read and I wasn't doing that as much as I should uh, while in New York. So I've tried, I've been trying to uh, turn off Netflix and open up books. <laughs> yeah, I think um, your daily routine is kind of similar to mine in terms of working full time and then doing the podcast is kind of like a side hustle passion project thing is I work the same hours as you and then I have to find the motivation to come and podcast and Thankfully, there are so many amazing people out there willing to tell their stories and motivate you that it kind of keeps me going um, thanks to the stories others are willing to tell. Oh, yeah. I, I get so much fulfillment out of the podcast. It's like what lights me up. And I, I definitely I feel the same. But I think it's nice to have something that just makes you feel like you're giving back to the world in a way. Um, and, but I do feel the same. I will be like, oh no, I have to write all the questions for this interview. But then once I do, I'm like, oh, okay, that was so fun. So worth it. <laughs> yes, I can completely relate. And Zoe, I have to ask what it was like having Matt James on the podcast because I have been obsessed with the Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise whole thing since Ashley and JP season. And I just need to know what it was like having him on the podcast. That was so crazy. Yeah. Oh, they were also my favorite couple, Ashley and JP. Yeah, I've also, so I've been watching The Bachelor since my dad got me hooked, which is hilarious. And he was the one who got me interested. So I think I was, so I first started watching on Ali Fedotowski season. I was mm. like 11. I don't know. I was really young. <laughs> um, but yeah, Matt James was actually my first guest, which was crazy. I made him cookies because I knew he loved cookies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And he was so incredibly nice, to be completely honest. I, I went in thinking this guy's going to be such a jerk. Like, he's Tyler Cameron's roommate. He's going to be so full of himself. He knows he is super good looking and all of that. And he was just this pure soul. Um, and it was so, it was just so amazing having him on, um, especially the first guest. It was, he was just so generous to come on. Um, and now he's, the next bachelor wild and i'm like i'm sorry abc like someone pick up this episode please <laughs> I, he talks about his love life and how he doesn't want to um ever hurt anyone like the way his dad hurt his mom and oh. i, I oh. was like oh can i be on this season but that's unfortunately <laughs> not happening um and i had connor saley as well he was my more recent guest. He was also so great and they did not do him justice in the season. He was yeah. so funny and mm -hmm. they just did not he was yeah, he also just was very free to talk about anything on the bachelor so I feel like I learned a lot from him. Oh my gosh, that's so great. It makes my heart so happy to hear that they're actually sweethearts because you know they're not properly portrayed on TV. Like it just yeah. I mean, you know, it's just hyped up for drama and it's not really how people operate. So that makes me so happy to hear that Matt James is a huge sweetheart because I am so excited for his season. Me too. I was shamelessly definitely tried to get on that season. And I, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was definitely trying to milk that episode, but I just hope that I, I mean, I, I would really encourage anyone not to like my own podcast, but to listen to it before for seeing him because it just explains I think a lot of probably or gives some context as to like his what he is looking for in a wife because he was very genuine um 
and he was single at the time that he was uh, that we were recording. So he stands by his word. There's not going to be any like drama related to that. Mm, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I am super excited for that. And I feel like we're going to have to touch base once the season goes live. So you can tell me what's fake and what's actually real <laughs> and genuine to his personality. Um, but another question that I love to ask every single person who comes on this podcast is what is a book, a resource or a podcast that you love and want to share with the audience? Oh, I have so many. I think so. The book I've read most recently that I think now, I mean, I have a lot of favorite books, but this one I think just rose to the top um, is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I think that book changed my life. It was so empowering, especially for any women listening. It's, I would 100% recommend this book. I highlighted probably every single page. I would get the whole book tattooed on my body. It was so great. Yeah, no, I did the same. I'm currently reading it. And I think every other sentence is highlighted. It's so amazing. And she's just incredible. And yeah, I would 100% recommend that book. Mm -hmm. I wish there was a day where I could write as well and as genuinely as she does, because it's truly like she looked into every single woman's life and wrote down things that they've experienced. It's so crazy. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that it came out beginning of this year uh, and just there's so much that he talks about that it's just like so more like much more relevant now given the pandemic and everything um with black lives matter it's just like it's really like she just is a fortune teller slash like i just want to be her best friend <laughs> yeah. she's amazing yes i completely agree um but zoe lastly where can the audience find you if they want to connect and get to know you a little bit better yeah. Well, thank you. I, I would love for anyone to connect. I'm on Instagram at Zoe Skirletis and at Solace in the City. Um, I also just finished um, working on the website. So that's going to be solaceinthecity.com. And the podcast is Solace in the City. If anyone wants to listen um, to Matt James or just anyone else I've had on, that can be found on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or any anywhere else. So yeah, I would love to hear. Um, I would love for anyone to check it out or reach out. Yeah, that's perfect. And we'll put all of these in the show notes as well. So all people have to do is click through if they want to connect and congratulations on your new website. That's super exciting. And we'll be sure to link that as well. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. But Zoe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, I loved having the opportunity to chat a little bit and I have a feeling I'm going to have to have you back when Matt James season goes live. I know. I feel like I'll have so much to comment. <laughs> yes, you'll have all of the inside scoop. Um, but thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is, I feel really honored to be a guest. <laughs>